Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. It's good to see you if you're in the room. Hello to everybody that is online this morning. What a great service we've had so far, yes? You know what I love about our church? It's that we keep it real. You know what? We can like lose our way on the run sheet or mess things up. I'm not, I'm not picking on Brit this morning. She knows I love her, but we keep it real, right? I don't know how things go down in your household, but let me tell you a little bit about what happened in our house this morning. Apparently, the topic of what I was wearing was quite at the forefront of everybody's mind this morning. So I had two out of the three boys, my husband and my eldest, make comments that, oh, I think there's something wrong with your shirt. I go, what do you mean? And they go, it's only half tucked in. I go, yeah, that's the fashion. Come on, where my girl's at with the half tuck? Just keeping it real this morning. That's how things go down. And that's what we are here at Resound. We are a family that does life together. Whether we're in the room today or we're online, we're all part of the family of God. Amen. And we do life together. We come in together. We do community together. We live life and we share stuff together. And I love that uh, we're about to embark on eight weeks of this topic of the in-between. Now, it's okay. I just felt like a heaviness. People are like, eight weeks? Eight weeks. But it's going to be a great time of us actually being challenged as a family. As Wayne was talking about, so much of, of what we hear about and we talk about is, is seeing people come to a place of salvation, which is so important. There's a comma after that, not a full stop. And that's what we're going to actually explore over these next eight weeks is this in-between series, this in-between part that we actually live. So what is the in-between? Well, it's not the start and it's not the end. Makes sense, yes? It's not just when we're born and then when we die. It's the bits in between. And so the definition of in between, and I had a few of them because I thought they were really good and it helped kind of, you know, because we think we know some stuff sometimes and it's good to go back to the definition. So it means situated somewhere between two extremes or categories, between two clear or acceptable stages, being between one thing and another. You know, there's a difference between accepting Jesus' salvation and then living like him. Accepting his salvation is such a crucial and critical part of what we need to do. But then we need to live like him. And that is where sometimes the challenge lies. You know, it's in the in-between is where we grow and we change and we learn and we develop into everything that God's got for us. Salvation is like the first step, absolutely, but it's not everything. Well, it is everything, but it's the start of everything, right? Salvation is a crucial step, but our journey with God doesn't stop there. 
for much of this series, we're actually going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1 um, and pulling that apart. So let me give you a little bit of uh, history behind why Peter's even writing it. So, you know, we can go 1 Peter, well, it was written by him, so good to know that. It's a book of encouragement because there was a whole heap of Christians that were scattered because of persecution that was happening in the early church. The people had been exiled, and so Peter wrote this to Christians as an encouragement for Christians that were homesick. They weren't able to be together like they once were. And so Peter's writing this letter as an encouragement to people. Let's uh, read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 12. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power, until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed." Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even the angels long to look into these things. You know, as we live in this in-between, I think there's three things that we can pull out of the scripture that I've just learnt that are promises that we can hold on to. The first one we find in verse 3, and it's, we have a living hope. It says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hope. Hope is crucial to our lives. In Proverbs 13, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Without hope, we can get sick, we can get distracted, we can get put off our game because we've lost hope. But this passage of Scripture tells us that we have a living hope through Jesus who went to the cross, died for our sins, but then rose again three days later. He's not a dead hope. He's a living hope. And, you know, sometimes we can get so wound up in our circumstances that we forget we have living hope. We allow the circumstances to dictate the level of hope in our lives instead of coming to Jesus and drawing from his living hope to help us get through the day. 
It can be tricky. We all encounter stuff. But Jesus is our living hope. You know, the enemy thought he'd won when he sent Jesus to the cross and he died. I can almost imagine him sneering and jeering, uh, cheering and going, yes, I took him out. You know, because when Jesus was on that cross and it says that the earth went dark, there would have been, it would have felt hopeless. You know, the disciples had heard, Jesus had tried to explain to them that he was going to go away, but he was coming back. But they didn't have the ability to comprehend actually what that meant until they were in the moment. And so the enemy thought he'd won. But then I just love God. Like, he always has an answer for every situation. And he's the God of the turnaround. And it's like the enemy's like, yeah, I took him out, he's dead. And then three days later, he raises again. Could you imagine? Like, he, the enemy would have been like, hang on, that wasn't part of the story. I was meant to wipe him out. But instead, Jesus comes back with the comeback story and raises from the dead three days later to be our living hope. Hope is critical to our lives, and without it, we flounder and we get lost. But with hope... We're anchored and we have something to hold on to. doesn't mean that our situations are going to change, but it just means that we've got somebody with us that actually can help us along the journey. You know, Hebrews 6, 19 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Come on, living in the world that we live in, don't we need an anchor? We need something to tether us and to keep us grounded. And when everything else is, you know, flying around us and circumstances are up and down, we need to be anchored. And our anchor needs to be Jesus. Hebrews 10, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed. For he who promised is faithful. Living in the in-between, we need to understand that we are granted living hope because of Jesus. What does this mean for our daily lives? Well, it means that we need to walk each day knowing that Jesus is on our side and also what we gain with him. Circumstances happen, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is our living hope. The second promise I see from this passage of Scripture is inheritance, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the, of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. There's so many things we gain when we accept Jesus' salvation. We've got hope, we've got insurance, we've got love, but an inheritance. Have you stopped to think about that for a minute? We have an inheritance that we partake in here on earth and also get to partake in when we go to heaven. We don't have to wait to heaven to actually start partaking in the inheritance that God has given us. 
Peter highlights this promise to us in this passage. He's affirming to us that we have a new family and a new identity when we find salvation in him. While our story may show persecution and trials, we belong to God's family when we accept salvation. We are part of a great family that is centred around Jesus. We're no longer orphans, abandoned, rejected. We're chosen. We're chosen. Did you hear? We're chosen. Jesus came because he wanted to choose us. He wanted to make a way. Yes, salvation was there, but he wants to walk and talk with us. It means we've got a new identity, not one that is just dictated by sin and shame, but one of love and purpose. Our human nature is to sin, and to carry shame and to carry filth and to do wrong things. But once Jesus comes into our story, there's a change that happens. Does that mean we're perfect? No. It'd be nice if it did, hey. But it means that Jesus comes and he covers over that rubbish. He covers over that sin. He covers over that shame. He gives us hope and life and grace and peace and enabling, and he chooses us. He gives us an inheritance that we don't have to wait for until someone's dead. We actually get to start partaking in that inheritance. But the choice is that we need to actually step into it. You know, when we come to a point of transition in our faith and, and we accept salvation, it's an amazing day. And I love hearing stories of when people come to that moment of being able to choose Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. But as I said, the story doesn't stop there. But I wonder how many of us actually walk around not living the life that God has for us because we think that salvation is it. You know, we walk around rejected, but Jesus has chosen us. We walk around in shame of our sin, but Jesus has covered that. We walk around downhearted and like we've got no hope, but Jesus is our living hope. But we have to step into that. You know, my kids... Don't like to get up in the morning. We have hit that stage in life where if we have to be somewhere, they don't want to get up. But if we don't have to be anywhere, they're up early. And, and you know, all the parents understand, I'm sure. I can see lots of nodding, so thank you for telling me that it's not just our household that has those challenges. But my children have to uh, step into things as they grow and they progress. You know, they have to take opportunities. They have to start making their own decisions. They need to walk things out. And we as their parents don't ever stop being their parents, but they have to start making some decisions for themselves. I think it's like us with our journey of faith. You know, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, awesome, but then are we going to choose to stop living the way that we were before him? Or are we going to go, oh, it's all right, Jesus has covered everything. Discipleship 
True discipleship, if we look at the Word of God, is that we start a journey of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal stuff in our lives and bring about change. And that's hard. It means we can't be babies anymore. It means we actually have to grow up a little and take some responsibility and, and choose to invest in spending time with God to actually know His heart. You know, Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. We are children of the King who have an inheritance. But as I said, we can also partake in some of that inheritance here and now if we choose to. The third promise, and when I say what it is, you're going to go, that's not a promise. But I think it is. The third promise that I see in verse 6 is trials. And why is that a promise? Because you know what? God in his grace is so beautiful that he doesn't set us up for failure. It's not like he says, hey, once you accept me, everything's perfect, because we all know it's not. He actually says, hey, there's going to be trials and there's going to be suffering and there's going to be hard stuff that we have to go through. And so why I think that is a promise is because God's just being real. He's like, yep, you know, stuff's going to happen, but it's okay because I'm going to be with you. The scripture says that uh, from our um, original context was, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and in glory and in honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Probably not most of our favourite scripture, but James 1, 2 to 5 says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. I want to say that through gritted teeth. Is that the greatest joy? Like, we're like, really? For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Wow! He'll overwhelm our failures with his generous grace. Wow! And, and so, yeah, I promise that stuff's not always going to go our way, but that he's going to be there with us. That, you know, there's not a season we work, walk through that he's not there. Because he is. Doesn't mean he always intervenes or changes the situation, but he's there with us. I love that uh, in the first part of, of the scripture in 1 Peter, talks about the refining of gold. And so I thought I'd do a little bit of uh, investigation just to see what that process is like. 
I learnt, because obviously I wasn't paying attention in school, that the melting point of gold is 1,064 degrees Celsius. So for gold to melt, they have to stoke a fire and a flame that is 1,064 degrees. Like, that's, that's pretty hot for the, the gold to melt. And then as the, what they do is they pour it into this canister and they put it in the fire and then they put it into a mould and as it's cooling, there's a separation that takes place. The pure gold is actually down the bottom and the dross, the filth, the stuff that's not pure, raises to the top. I thought that was a really interesting analogy that Peter would use in this scripture because I think that's part of our discipleship journey. It's like trials and tribulation and sufferings and stuff comes and it's like the heat is all on and we're like, take us out, take us out. Like, we don't want to be here. But I just wonder if God in his grace for us actually allows some of that stuff. He doesn't make it happen, but he allows some of those situations to happen so that the dross can raise to the top and he can skim it off. Because what I learned in the process of refining gold is that's what happens. The dross rises to the top, it's skimmed off, and what is left is pure gold. Now, the reality is each of us is a sinner and we all fall short. I mess up every day. But if God wants to utilize situations that I find uncomfortable so that he can remove stuff from my life that should never be there, then I'll take it. Why? Because he's my living hope. Why? Because he gives me an inheritance. Why? Because he chooses me. Because he allows me to be his daughter to be part of the family of God. Am I saying that God makes every bad situation happen? No. But we live in a sinful world and stuff happens. Crap happens. But if God, in his mercy, would allow those horrid situations to happen so that I could be more like him, then I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not easy but I'll take it. I'm going to ask the band to come. We don't like trials. We don't like suffering. We're actually pain adverse. Our brains are actually wired in a way that we try to avoid uncomfortable, painful situations at any cost. But I guess my encouragement to us as a family this morning, because that's what we are, is to remember that Jesus is our living hope. That we have an inheritance. And even though suffering and pain and trials may come, that we would invite Jesus into those situations. That we wouldn't run away from him, but we would run to him. You know, there's a a passage of scripture in Matthew 22 that's quite confronting. It's the passage of the banquet. And if you haven't read it, can I encourage you this week to actually go away and read it? But it talks about that at the end, there's going to be an incredible banquet and and that a whole heap of people were invited that found reasons and excuses to actually not be part of the banquet. But that God's heart was like, well, go out and find anyone. His heart is for all people. 
to know and love Him. And He gives us free will to choose. He gives us free will to accept His salvation or not. He doesn't force Himself upon us because He's a gentleman. But He offers us an opportunity. You know, our life is more than just being born and dying. This in-between season is actually where our living happens. And it's not all pretty, and it's not all roses, it's not all rainbows, and But He is with us, and He calls us. He knows us by name. The Word says He knows every hair on our head. For some of us, that's a lot. For others, not so much. But He knows us so intimately. And so my encouragement to us this morning as a family is where are we putting him? In our in-between season that we live out, where do we place Jesus in our life? Is he in the centre? Has he kind of been pushed to the side a little? Because if he has, all you have to say is, Jesus, I'm really sorry, can you come back in? And he's right there. Maybe you're feeling like you've lost hope. Come on, as I've explained, the scripture shows us in so, and, and I've chosen only a few passages of scripture, that he's our living hope. I love the very start of the song here again, and it says, I can't go back to the beginning, and I can't control what tomorrow will bring, but I know here in the middle is a place where you promised to be. Right smack bang in the middle of our circumstances to show us his love, his grace, his hope, his encouragement, whatever we need. We can't go back and change what's happened, but we can invite him in. We don't even know what tomorrow might bring, but he does. And as we invite him in to the centre of our lives, let's watch and see what he is going to do. You don't have to live this life in the in-between alone. What's one area of your life that the Holy Spirit is stirring you in today? That you need to bring some adjustment, some change. Maybe it's in your thinking. Maybe it's in your devotional life. Maybe you've looked at your circumstances and lost hope. Maybe it's time for you to invite Jesus back into your life. And with every eye closed this morning, I don't know everybody's story in this place and I don't know where your relationship with God might be, but I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus and you need to invite him to be part of your life once again. Or maybe today is the very first time that you've heard that Jesus loves you, he died for you, and he wants to give you life. And one of the simple things that we do, we don't have to earn salvation, we just have to invite Jesus to come and be our Lord and our Saviour. And so as I look across this room this morning, is there anyone that would say, hey, Sarah, would you invite would you, be, can, would you see my hand and would you pray a prayer? Because I want to know Jesus more. Or maybe you say, 
you know what? I've walked away and I need to get my life right with Jesus once again. Is there anyone this morning, if you're online, we actually have uh, a, a part on our website that helps step you through that. And we encourage you to go there now. It leads you through a really simple prayer that you can pray. And then at the end, could you fill your details out? Because we'd just love to connect with you this week, to pray with you, uh, to give you a call and reach out to you, see how we might be able to support you. You know, as we live our lives, Jesus. We don't want to do it alone. And God, we ask where there have been times that we've tried to do things in our own strength that you would come into our situations. God, that we would know that you are our living hope. God, that when all else fails, we can run to you. When every situation is crazy, God, we can come to you, that you give us hope, hope. Lord, and I speak into situations right now that have felt hopeless. God, that You would come with great hope. God, that people would know that they can come to know You, to love You, to call upon You, and You will find them right where they're at. Help us in our daily walk each day, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.